This is Up for Debate, episode number 242, recorded October 6th, 2022. Give yourself goosebumps. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where two of us agree on everything. I'm Shriek Jack O'Lantern, joined as always by Rat Scariani. Hello, Matt. How long have you been uh, sitting on that one? Sean? I have to say, Jennings was very hard. Your name was so easy. Rat Scariani was like That's two good. seconds. Sean yeah. Jennings does not translate well. I'll remember that the next time I have to host a uh, scary murder mystery theme or uh, or, or, or variety night. <laughs> um, you ever go to a murder mystery, like theater or like production? We attended one together, I think. You if and I'm not I? mistaken. We did, I believe. I, I put I put one on that you attended. Yes, you did. And and I'm pretty sure we also attended one that was put on for us in our university's cabaret. Oh yeah. Well, okay. I I super vaguely remember that. I I don't really remember the details of it. I just remember that no. we were both there. And I think we had an okay yeah, time. That sounds like something we would do. Yeah. It does. Yeah, that's right up our alley. <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, what are we doing tonight, Sean? What's, what's on the spooky well, agenda? Well, that's it, Matt. We are in agenda. Spooktober, uh, or better name TBD, uh, Jackotober. I don't know. We're going to work on that. Uh, but Matt's a scary month of the year. We always do spooky, scary episodes before we actually get into the topic, Matt, I pulled, cause I was curious, this survey from YouGov, who surveyed a thousand Americans asking the question, do Americans actually like Halloween? It's a good question. Uh, what percentage of Americans do you think say Halloween is one of the, the, the question they, they're agreeing with a statement? It's one of my favorite holidays. What percentage of U.S. adult citizens said it's one of my favorite holidays? Well, since that statement is so noncommittal, I think it's probably one. They're just saying it's one of my favorite holidays, not my favorite holiday. Well, let me let me give you the options they could choose from. So the question is, which of the following best describes how you feel about Halloween? Is it it's one of my favorite holidays? I like it, but it isn't one of my favorite holidays. I don't really like it. I refuse to celebrate Halloween. It's such a cop out survey because like it should be. It really is. It, it really ideally it should be like rate Halloween on a scale of one to five. And or or one to four, and like four is I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. Three is it's okay. It's in my top two or three favorite holidays, but it's not my favorite. And then mm. two should be like it's okay, but it's not even in my top three because uh, there's not really many holidays, and they keep taking them away. So there, there's less and less holidays every year. Um. I I I think that to answer your question from before, uh, there's probably like it's probably like um, I would say like less than probably less than thirty percent. That's a very good guess. Twenty three percent overall. Although interestingly, uh, eighteen to twenty nine year olds thirty percent, the highest. Um, Sixty five plus eleven percent. So definitely a big age gap and. 10% of U.S. adult citizens refuse to celebrate Halloween. 
It's just an asinine survey, Sean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I, that listen, you didn't make the survey, but I think whoever made it, it, they need to do a better job of surveying because that's that's not how you do a survey. Well, I can uh, I can give you some. It's not good. It's not sound data uh, collection because you didn't give well, you 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 didn't give them the choice of any kind of polarizing. Op- There's no polarizing options. When you say when you start out with the the statement, it's one of my favorite holidays. Then you're already you've already lost. You've already lost me. Your survey is your well, survey is garbage. I'm sorry. But- how about this? I, I got some cross tabs if that's more interesting. Uh, <laughs> when asked one of their favorite holidays, if you break it by race, white Americans say 27 uh, percent say it's one of their favorites. Only six percent of black Americans. Okay. Um, Interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of re- good reasons for it. Um, what do you feel? How do you uh, feel about Halloween, Sean? If YouGov called me and asked me to take this survey, I would probably score it. I like it, but it isn't one of my favorite holidays, which is up, by the way, because if you asked me like three years ago, it probably would have been. I don't really like it. I've come around a bit. So you think that you're experience with Halloween has improved as you've gotten older. Usually I feel like I think that there's a significant bell curve when it comes to Halloween and our enjoyment thereof. And I think it's, I think it's more like, it's like a reverse bell curve. If there, you know, like I think that, I think that we generally start out like a like a pretty low like like when we're really young and we're so young that our, like our parents are still dressing us up. Our enjoyment's like I think on the low-ish side. I think it gets higher then and I think it peaks around middle school. And then I think it starts to trend down again. Um and I think well, it hits I, I think I it sure kind of hits its bottom. It hits its like kind of like peak unenjoyment probably like probably like right before college. So maybe like late high school. I think that's when you're at the bottom. Cause then it's like, you're responsible for your younger siblings and you don't really get to have as much fun as like your, I mean, everybody's experience is different. Sure. But like, I feel like there's not a whole lot to do for like high schoolers and Halloween. It's like, if you go to door to door, you might get judged for being too old to trick or treat. I mean, at least that's that, that was my, that was like, that was not not really my experience. I kind of stopped trick or treating at a certain age, but like I could see that happening, if that makes sense. Well, that's that's what's interesting about this survey is I talked about how it's one of my favorite holidays decreases as you get older, but I mm-hmm. like it, but it isn't one of my favorite holidays. Actually, dramatically increases as you get older, going from twenty nine, thirty seven, forty three, fifty one percent by the time you get to sixty five plus. With I don't really like it staying relatively consistent. Um. So I, it's interesting. I, I I would argue I probably follow a lot of people. It would seem where I don't I don't like the survey. At, at I, a, I, would you? Because the option is like it's so non-committal. It's like I like it. It's okay. That's a that's like a it's a it's a it's a centrist tack, and and usually surveys like this just kind of gravitate toward the median and they gravitate toward the centrist view, and that's kind of what we see here is that. People just be, they just become more, they become more, um, they become more susceptible to groupthink as they get older. I think they just, they just say it's okay. It's not their favorite because they don't really want to rock the boat. 
They don't want to say I hate Halloween or I love Halloween. They don't want to take a they don't want to take a firm stance one way or the other. Well, you know, th- there's another part of the survey down here where they com- they asked to compare it. Do you like Halloween more or less than the following U.S. holidays? Forty seven percent prefer Valentine uh, prefer Halloween over Valentine's Day. Thirty five percent over New Year's Eve. Interesting. I'd like to know the 13% of absolute lunatics who think Halloween is better than Christmas. I don't even have a problem with Halloween. Halloween is not better than Christmas. I'm sorry. It's just not. Sean, I I have to mention that I am married to one of those lunatics. Oh, get out of here. Stop <laughs> I, it. My, Stop I'm, it. But I'm not joking about this. I wish, I wish like I was, Halloween. Sean. I wish I was. I wish I was joking. My my wife finds hol- she her favorite Halloween is her favorite holiday. And she likes it even more than Christmas and she is probably the only person that I know bar maybe one or two others that have the same opinion, but I I um I kind of I don't know, I kind of get it in a weird way though. Um people's mileage with Christmas can vary based on like their their family and how like chill they are with their families so that could that could play a factor um but also also like christmas is usually very it's a very stressful holiday i'm sure you might agree like as an adult as a kid it rocks as a kid it's awesome but as an adult i find christmas to be probably the most stressful holiday Actually, definitely the most stressful holiday. It is the most stressful holiday. You have to shop for all your relatives. You have to cook for all your relatives. You have to like, like get the house ready if you're hosting or if you're not hosting, you have to drive and you have to get stuck in Christmas traffic. You have to hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, on. online shop, in-person shop. To find the perfect gift. There's a lot of pressure on that holiday, Sean. There's yeah, no pressure so on Halloween. Halloween. What pressure is on Halloween? pressure on Halloween. There is no pressure on Halloween. You, you got to find a costume. Very. That's a lot of work. You it is not. That's like, it is. It's so difficult. Then you got to decide, am I giving out candy? How much candy? What kind of candy? That's stressful. If you've got kids, you got to take them to strangers' houses and have them beg for candy. First of all. It's stressful. First of all, I just I just let my wife pick out my costume. Problem solved. Okay, right? well, you know, not all of us <laughs> are married all, to your wife. Second of all, Sean. Second of all, if if I didn't do that, I would just take the laziest route possible. I think you you might remember. Um, I, I'm the guy that wore a top hat as a as a Halloween costume, and that was it. Right. So it's very easy. I think we make, we make too big a deal out of it, but there's very, I think the social pressure is, is pretty low. Nobody's like, Oh, I wonder what Sean's going to be for Halloween. I have very high expectations for what his costume is. I don't think so. I I think that that's all you you built all of that up. Do you get, get slash have to wear a costume to work? Do you have a costume day? Sort of like it's I think it's not it's not it's well, I wouldn't say it's a requirement, but I would say that it is a strong um, it is a, it's strongly advised, but it's not near, definitely not out. a requirement. It does not stress me out at all. Uh, I usually come up with something very, very easy. I, I bought a toga. Okay. I invested in a I invested in a toga and I usually throw just throw that over my like regular work clothes and then I, I'm dressed up. That's my go-to for Halloween. And it works being a history teacher. It works out. So um, 
easy, very easy. I could wear I could wear like a helmet. I could wear like a um like a wig, like a like one one year I was a I was a Supreme Court justice. Um I wore like a like a judge robe and glasses. I was Whoa. Antonin I was Antonin Scalia specifically, and I think no, that that might even a good one. No, no, but it was it was literally just because I was the only Italian in the department and uh oh. And and we were and that was a theme. Okay, it was a okay. department theme. We were all you, Supreme you Court justices. Was um, was Sonia? What else was I? What else was I going to be? Right. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be uh, Sonia Sotomayor. Like I, you know, somebody else yeah. already claimed that. So mm. now, Matt, maybe you can help me. I need a costume this year, and and you it do. seems like it just comes so easy to you. I have to dress up for work. And go in for the day wearing a costume, and okay. I, I'm very bad at it. What what is what is it your company does again? They make like <laughs> staples or something. No, we manufacture screws and uh, fasteners and fastening accessories. Sean, I think you I think you just made your cot. What do you? Okay, go in in a, in a as a giant screw. You you get your get a screw costume. Oh my well, god! I, you can't Wait just a say get a screw Wait a costume. Second. Time out. Get a screw costume. Get a pair of glasses, like little, like bifocal. You see where I'm going with this? Bifocal glasses, and get a cane. Get like a walking cane, and your Ebenezer Scrooge. Sean, no. oh, yeah, what did I ask. Yeah, no, come on. That's what you have. I think you have to do it now. You have to do it. Well, your Ebenezer Scrooge. It would be hilarious, and everybody at the office would think it was so funny that you have to do it. If any, if any of Sean's coworkers are listening to this, make him do it. No, He's going to be Ebenezer I, Scrooge. I highly, with highly regret saying anything. At all. <laughs> it's okay. going to be great. Anyway, Sean, let's get Matt, let's get you a screw costume. No, uh, let's not. Let's move on to tonight's topic. Uh, Matt, because all month long, we're going to be doing some spooky, scary things, some spooky, scary discussions. Um, and this is a topic we've wanted to do for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it could be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we I'm we proposed this way back, I think, in like since we like like really the early days of this podcast. This is one of the first ideas that we had. I think we were sitting on it. We've been sitting on it for a while. Oh, for sure. No, it's it's definitely been on our wish list. And now is the time to finally pull the trigger, Matt. We're going to be talking about the second most popular children's book series in human history. Over 240 books published in this series. Of course, I'm talking about... Gotta give yourself goosebumps, Matt. R.L. Stein's Scholastic Zone... Goosebumps beginning in 1992 through today, over 400 million books sold worldwide in 32 languages. The second best-selling book series in history uh, behind Harry Potter, uh, which is actually interesting to think about because R.L. Stein took 240 books to become the second best-selling ever. And J.K. Rowling just had seven. So they must have really sold a lot of those. Harry Potter himself. So, Sean, what is your experience with Goosebumps? Great question, Matt. Great question. I certainly did. I would say, I would say my opinion towards Goosebumps is very similar to that Halloween. I like it, but it's not one of my favorites. Um, no, I I did read Goosebumps as a kid. 
I scrolled through the Wikipedia list of all of the Goosebumps title, recognized maybe a dozen that I could recall reading. I certainly didn't have a massive collection. I only read kind of a scattered mix of them. Uh, I enjoyed them, found them very interesting. Um, I I did like some more than others, but no, I would say I was a a reader, but not an aggressive reader. What what about you, Sean? Would it shock you? If I told you that I have never actually read a Goosebumps novel in my life. Oh my God. Well, what were you reading? I was a big... Were you a Jane Austen kid? I was a... No, I was a Star... I was a Star Wars Expanded Universe kid. So I read a lot of the Star Wars Expanded Universe books, which are now called the Star Wars Legends books. Um which are pretty much like the they were they were like novelizations of 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 really good Star Wars stories that never got adapted into like film um hmm. and that was a lot of I was I was also a big mystery reader I loved um my, one of my first like authors that I could say was like a, a favorite author of mine was Agatha Christie I read a lot of her stuff I loved mysteries in general um Sherlock Holmes I started kind of read a little bit um what else was I reading I mean I read the Iliad but that like when I was in like I was I was young I don't remember how old but I read like myths and legends and stuff that kind of that kind of Lord of the Rings of course like Hobbit okay um, so a little, not, a little more not advanced in the realm of thinkers. in the realm of horror Sean, the realm of horror, the book that I that I remember the most fondly that maybe we'll do a future episode on was um, the 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 short story compilation, the the one that every kid read that. And I I just of course, I just said I jinxed myself because I said I remember it the most fondly (laughs) and now I I look like an idiot. Um, It's the short story, scary short stories to tell in the dark, scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, that's what it is. Sure. I was about to Google it and then it all it just kind of came to me. My brain is just is just that way today. So I wonder if I um, read that. No, that that book, I read that one and then I read more stories to t- more scary stories to tell in the dark. And those books were my like horror jam. Love those books. And then I, I got into like Poe and I've stuff. Never, never read them. Okay. We, we have to do a future episode on that. Uh, um, I would it was say basically like these vignettes, these little like horror vignettes, very sh- like short stories, but very like creepy and kind of like scary um, when especially when you're a kid, very unsettling. But the most unsettling thing about the book was the artwork. If you Google some of the artwork from this book, it'll even I think it'll give you nightmares today as as an adult. Scary. It definitely will to me. So um, the illustrator uh did a very good job with that um well i you know i i would say i mean this is embarrassing i was a grade a dork so around this time i was more advanced than goosebumps but not quite up to stephen king so i was reading the discount stephen king dean Koontz. i was reading dean Koontz novels around this time i've heard the name i thought he was like a crime writer is he not no, like he 
No, he is science fiction. Okay. I wouldn't like, call not him like he... Dean Baldacci or that, that guy. That, yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. Not, not, no, not he, and it's not vein. horror. It's a little more twisty, but the funny thing is, is he does the Stephen King thing where he's also from Maine and also writes a lot of stories set in Maine. So it is very funny that he really is like genuinely I've read him and Steve, he really is a discount Stephen King. He really is like <laughs> the light low calorie version, uh, which is why it was, he was right up my alley. I don't know. Have you read a lot of Stephen King? I've again, I would not say I, I've read a lot. I have read some, I, and I, it's weird. I've read a, a bunch of the short stories more than I've read the full novels, like his collections, which I, I find very good. I found very good. I, I, I enjoy, I love his, I mean, I think, I think my view of Stephen King is probably the most like stereotypical view a reader has of, of Stephen King, where it's, um, you like his writing style, you like his prose, you like his narrative voice, but what you don't like is when like you get three quarters through the book and he doesn't know how to stick the landing. So the entire last act is like this bananas, like almost like cocaine fueled trip that doesn't really seem like it makes any sense. And then the book just ends and and that that's it. That's that seems to be that seems to be his in all the books that I've read from Stephen King. That's that's a trend. That's definitely a trend that and that's just him. I think that's just his style. I I enjoy his books for probably the first three, three quarters. And then that last part always loses me. And I always wish that he had done like he kind of wrapped things up differently. But that's my experience with King. I still enjoy him because I I, I do genuinely like his his stuff. And I, I also read a really good book about like how to write short stories and how to write fiction written by Stephen King that, um, is, is, uh, was very formative. So I like, I'm, I'm a fan of King. Can't really say much bad about him, but well, it, I didn't read him so much when I was young, more like as you, I, as I got about, older. Well, you talk about things we want to do on the show. I would love for us to watch. Are you familiar with maximum overdrive? The movie maximum overdrive. Uh, it is based not. on one of King's short stories uh, called Trucks in his collection Night Shift, uh, where all machines become sentient when Earth crosses the tail of a comet initiating a worldwide killing spree. He directed the only film of his that he's ever directed himself, and he did it entirely on cocaine. And I'm, I've never seen it, but apparently the movie is insane. Oh, it's got a um... sense disowned the film, describing it as a moron movie. After Starring Emilio Estevez to direct again. Yes, it's supposedly off the charts. So. Music by ACDC. Okay, Pat Hingle. Yeah, wild stuff. Um, but we got to talk about Goosebumps, Matt. Uh, mm. Goosebumps, obviously the popular children's television uh, uh, book series, later translated into television movies and a number of other spinoffs. Uh, Debuted in 1992 from the author R.L. Stein, Robert Lawrence Stein. Um, prior to Goosebumps, he got a degree from Ohio State University, a Bachelor of Arts in English. Um, he created the humor magazine Bananas, which he ran from uh, 75 to 84. Um, his first horror novel was in 86. 
uh, which followed by a bunch of other novels. These weren't for kids. These were for adults. Uh, he co-created and was the head writer on Nickelodeon's Eureka's Castle. Uh, in 89, he wrote the Fear Street books, recently turned into a, a Netflix series. Um, and it was uh, in uh, 1992, he was approached to write Goosebumps um, by uh, by the folks at uh, Scholastic. He's from Cincinnati, Ohio. That's right. No, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Columbus, Ohio. Same thing. Probably. Um, we don't have any fans from Ohio. I feel <laughs> confident in that. Suck it, Ohio. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he wrote, wrote 62 books in the original series. He says the name for the series came after he saw a TV station's ad and TV guide that stated it's Goosebumps Week on Channel 11. So there you go with a number of spinoffs. So I've been I've been familiar with Goosebumps. It's I mean, obviously, as a 90s kid, it's it's in the zeitgeist, but. Uh, I, I have never I have never read a complete as to my knowledge. I've never read a complete Goosebumps work um, in its entirety, but that's all about to change, isn't it, Sean? Yes, Matt, because uh, coming through next week, we are going to be reading some of these Goosebumps books. And we're going to have to pick and choose some. A lot to choose from. It's important to note. I'll just note a couple things. Obviously, 62 books in the original Goosebumps run. But there were other Goosebumps series. Uh, Give Yourself Goosebumps. Uh, 50 of those were published from 95 to 2000, which were sort of those create your own adventure style novels where at the bottom of say, you know, say, oh, flip to page this if you want to do this and this to do that. Those were actually my favorite. I had a couple of the Give Yourself Goosebumps and those were I really enjoyed those. So I'm probably going to read one for next week. Um, They also uh, did uh, Goosebumps Series 2000, 25 books in that series, um, which uh, Stein described as much scarier. Um, and then there are a few other small series on top of that. I'm excited to check them out. I think, uh, they must have, um, they must have aged quite well. As far as I know, they're still being read. Uh, they haven't been, they haven't been forgotten. So I, I think, um, I think that they still hold up. I mean, I hope so. Um, and the cover, the, the cover art of all of these are fantastic. The illustrators, illustrations are such a, there's such a, um, like a lost art, you know, like books used to have such clever and intense illustrations, young, young adult books, especially, I mean, they, a lot of them probably still do, but I just remember as a kid, going back to even being a star Wars reader, like some of those books had really nice covers and, and these, these goosebumps covers look, look phenomenal. Some of them. Yeah. He illustrated, uh, over 100 goosebump titles, Tim Jacobus. You can actually get these fantastic. He sells prints on his website. Um, and they're reasonably priced and they look amazing. I would love to hang one of these. Hmm. Uh, Prince of the original ir- illustrations without like the goosebumps or anything, just the drawings. They look incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, Matt, did you have a chance to look at the list of books? 
I did. I did. I What I did was I looked at the list and then I found a fan community online that actually mm-hmm. ranked the um, they did a, t- a tier, a complete tier ranking of their favorite and least favorite Goosebumps works. Okay. Um, and I figured I would take a, I would take a, like a, an, an all encompassing sample of those books to, um, to read and, and read for the first time for our show, for the, for the listeners. So would you like to, uh, I don't have any paper to write on. Would you like to, uh, to share what those are? Yes, I will. Um, I'm curious. First off, do you, of them. do you have a? Is there a favorite that you had that you that you were first first off would would recommend personally that you think I would enjoy? Oh, that I think you would enjoy. That's a good question. You know, the funny thing is, I never because I know some of these, like a handful of them, are like real Night of the Living Dummy, maybe the most famous one. Uh, put out Slappy. Uh, who is probably the most notable character of the entire franchise. Um, I never read any of those like ultra classic ones, which is weird. I kind of had like a, it was almost like a, uh, a yard sale grab bag of like just random ones. But I'm trying mm. to think if there's any, I would recommend for you as I scroll through the list. Um, Say cheese and die is a good one. I've read that's classic. That's uh, that's interesting because that was one of the ones that I had I had picked out already. Um, the community ra- ranked that in their S tier. They ranked that um, actually fourth overall. And and the cover looked funny. It's got the cover art has a family of skeletons at like a at like a cookout. It looks like they're like grilling meat on a on like a grill. And it and it's like a fo- it's a photograph of these skeletons just kind of hanging out on like what looks like a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, if I vaguely, I don't think I'm giving anything away, but I vaguely remember uh, the the character. It's usually the plot of you know. I thought briefly, Matt, that it would be very funny to do a creative challenge where you and I write our own Goosebumps book because they are pretty. I don't want to say templated, but they really there's a lot of consistency. It's usually a young person. I would say about ten percent or twenty percent of these books they find something. And something mm. goes wrong in this case, they find an old camera. And when they take a picture, the picture doesn't match reality when it prints out. There's something wrong with it. And over time, it becomes re- reality changes to match the photo. Um, and I remember being very positive on it. I like the premise. That's like very Twilight Zone. A lot of these are. A lot of these are. There's a ton of these where it's like sort of an edu- not educate, but sort of like a lesson learned kind of thing. Um, super common. Um, so I've got that. I guess I will read that. That sounds, I like the premise. So, so write me in for say cheese and die. Okay. That's a good one. How many are we picking? Uh, no more than three. Okay. They're children's books. They're pretty quick. So, hmm. um, besides that, the number, I'll say the number one, I don't want to pick all S tiers. I want to get like a little bit of a variety, but I'll say the number one book on the list is the haunted mask. Yes, that is definitely one of the most famous and also 
I would say an S tier cover as well. The cover of yes. the haunted mask is great. I will agree. Um, a very, very nice cover though. Not my favorite. No, I have a, no, but it is. A, a favorite on here, but, and I, and I probably will pick that, that one, but, but I'll, I'll, I guess we could do, um, the haunted mask looks good. Or also there's night of the living dummy, which yeah, has again, a really kind of creepy looking, the most famous. Yeah. That's number. Th- they rank that third in their S tier. But I also, I bet I could guess the premise of that one. I want one that I'm going to be surprised at. And Night of the Living Dummy not only um, not only uh, not only can I can I guess exactly what happens in that book is about a it's about a ventriloquist dummy that comes to life or something, sure. Uh, or the uh, maybe the ventriloquist becomes a living dummy. That's very Twilight Zone. I think there is a Twilight Zone episode that that actually has that exact plot, but um. I, I think that it's I, I would rather I'd probably rather like look elsewhere just because I, I want to get a good ver- I don't want to pick that would be a, th- a third S tier. So let's lock in Haunted Mask and let's lock in say cheese and die. And then we will um, say hello to the honor. We'll say goodbye to the honorable mentions and we'll say hello to maybe an A tier book. But also in the S tier one day at Mirrorland Horrorland one, one day at Horrorland and Stay out of the basement. Yeah, Horrorland is another one. Uh, uh, R.L. Stein actually came out with a series called uh, Goosebumps Slappy World, in which Slappy the Dummy is sort of the uh, overall. It, it's it's the first series he did where there's a continuous. Or I'm sorry, I'm thinking of I'm mixing them up. Goosebumps Horrorland is a spinoff where all of the stories actually like go over, they all connect and it takes place at the theme park from Horrorland. So definitely mm. a, a classic for sure. If I was picking based on cover, the cover artwork so far, my favorite cover art, where is it? is actually there's a, there's a lot of really good options here but my favorite uh my favorite cover art is probably the it's called Ghost Beach Ghost Beach Ghost that Beach That sounds fake No it, it's got it's got a, it's it's got like like uh tombstones on a beach and it's got like a Grim Reaper-esque ghost coming out of the ocean, which looks, it looks very, the, the album cover, I mean, I, I mean, I, I could say this about most of these, but the cover art of the, of these books are very metal. It's a very metal co- cover. This is probably the most, one of the most metal covers out here besides, um, the other one is Cur- the Curse of Camp Cold Lake, which has a, that is a very metal cover for a book. Um. And it sounds like it could be, um, like a like a Mastodon album or something. Okay, is is that the one you're going to go with? 
Um, have you read? You haven't read that one. I have not read that one. What about the egg monsters from Mars, Sean? Have not done that one. I, I'm trying to look through the list of ones. So the ones would would it be helpful if I shared the ones I I do remember? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so, do and that. I'm just I scrolled through the list earlier, but I'm going to scroll through it again. Um, why I'm afraid of bees? I think I read most of the bad ones. Okay, I saw that one, and why I'm afraid of bees was uh, that is in their that's in the bottom rung yeah. of their B tier, Sean. It's not great. It's like um, it's like very mid. It's like the definition of a mid a mid tier Goosebumps book. Sorry to say, my hairiest adventure. My, what does the cover look like? Uh, I think it's I'll a kid it in out. front of a mirror. In in like a bathroom. Oh, okay. I, that one is I, even more. That's even more mid, Sean. That's yeah. that is the last book in the B tier. We're getting well, you're picking like uh, right in the middle, the mid stock here. But to be fair, part of the reason I remember that one is because that one was turned into an episode of the TV series, which I remember. Mm. Well, Jack Black, uh, right? Wasn't Jack Black in that? No, no, the TV series. <laughs> Jack Black back was in the, the movie back in the nineties. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. uh, it came from beneath the sink um okay i found i found all right actually that looks cool i like the artwork cover on that you've read that one you said i have read that one yes so should we should we avoid the ones you've read already and pick new ones or should we Uh, pick ones you've read and see if they hold up you can pick i'm gonna repick one that i've already read so you can either pick or don't it's totally up to you are we reading Um, different books i thought we were reading the same ones Oh, I thought we were reading different ones. No, no, no. I like your I like your idea better. I like okay. your idea better. Let's okay. let's read we get that way we, we cover more ground. We cover yeah. more ground. Um Sean, I'm I want to lock in a favorite of mine. It's actually right next to it came from the sink on the tier list. Okay. By the way, both of these books are in the A. They're in A. So they're they're pretty good. And they're near the front of A. This one is called The Cuckoo Clock of Doom. Oh. Yeah. I like the the artwork. It's very um, it's like it's like very Jethro Tull. And it's got a it's got like this this bird on the edge of a plank walking out from a cuckoo clock. But the bird's eyes like he he just looks completely not. I mean, he looks possessed, but not possessed by like a demon, more possessed by like a Lovecraftian eldritch god. Awesome. Awesome. I'm very excited. This, the, the uh, synopsis of the, I'll read the, if I can, I'll read the synopsis to get back at his bratty sister, Tara for ruining his birthday party. Michael vandalizes his father's new cuckoo clock by twisting the bird's head backwards. So Tara will get blamed for it. His plan backfires when he finds himself reliving his disastrous birthday party and goes back in time. Every time he goes to sleep, I'm very excited for that. That sounds awesome. Mm. Great. That sounds awesome. Uh, good choices, Matt. I think on mine, so I have my list here. I look through all of these. The one I want to reread, I actually think I physically have my original copy in a box somewhere. And I'm going to see if I can find it and bring it out. Uh, The one I had as a kid, it was from the Give Yourself Goosebumps, which I've read probably five or six of. Um, and I was really, these did more for me than the regular ones 
because you just got a lot of different endings, obviously, because it's a choose your own adventure. And I was pretty, pretty on board with that. Um, and there were two. I really liked the one I think I have is I'm just scrolling through the list until I get to it. And again, I'm sure these were the crappy bad ones nobody liked. Uh, but come on, where is it? Oh, I went by it, didn't I? Would have helped if I'd written these down ahead of time. Uh, beware of the purple peanut butter. Uh, published in 1996. The reader is spending the summer with their cousins, Barney and Dora. Barney is a bully and Dora is a typical annoying little cousin. The reader's aunt and uncle don't want anyone in the basement. In the basement, there's a refrigerator that holds a jar of a purple substance that smells like peanut butter and a box of some chocolate cake. The story depends on which the reader chooses to consume when they suddenly get hungry. Um, oh, and crazy that's an interesting, interesting premise. Crazy things have. There was that one. And then the other one I really liked was... The problem is there are two. Let me just check something. This is like another one of our Matt and Sean uh, read Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> it was a don't feed the vampire uh, was mm. the other one I really liked. Uh, the reader starts out with a costume called vampire in a can, uh, a cheesy vampire costume stuffed into a can. The reader then finds a strange packet of red goo inside that will turn anyone who swallows it into a vampire. Um, and the adventure goes on from there. So. I might want to make a substitution. You said you've, you've read say cheese and die, right? Yes. No, actually I, I like the plot of that. I don't know. I might, I might add a fourth book, Sean. That's I'm okay. Tempt- or I'm if tempted. you want to swap them out later, that's fine. I'm tempted. I really want to read the, uh, the curse of camp cold Lake. And I know I'm, I'm probably going to read can't curse of camp cold Lake. So I might as well read it for the, for the show. So if I want to, I, I might want to add that. I, th- I just, the cover now, art is you, so cool. When are you, why, what's exciting about that? It's the, the look at the cover art. Look at, just look at it. Uh-huh. People at home, if, if you're not driving, if you can do this in a safe, in a safe environment, Google. Yeah. No, that's, image, it, that cover, the curse of camp. Cover, oh, it's so good. That is, uh, that one is, um, that print is available on the illustrator's website as a print. And I'm like, Oh man, if I was in like, if I wanted people to think I was, I would get a print of that. Yes. That's, that is a top tier cover. However, it's in there. It's in their B tier of this community rating, this community, um, ranking, but the cover cover, it's an S tier cover. Mm-hmm. It really is. I strongly agree. Hmm. Um, on top of that, I will be reading Stay Out of the Basement, uh, which is the second book in the whole series um, about uh, a scientist's father who uh, things get strange after some experiments. Um, this one's be, been reprinted a lot. It's considered a classic. I'm curious where it is on your ranking. Uh, yeah, I'm actually just looking for it because I saw it. I saw it uh, earlier. I might have referenced it. Oh, um, I, I, I did see it. It is, it is in the S tier, Sean. It is an yeah. S tier book and it is ranked number five overall. I've never read it. So I'm going to give that one mm-hmm. a shot. Uh, I think that might be fun. And then the other one I'm going to do number 19 in the series. And I'm curious about this one. Uh, 
a because uh, they made several of uh, of these in the sequence. Um, Deep Trouble, uh, which, according to the description on vacation in the Caribbean island, Billy Deep is rescued from the jaws of a hammerhead shark by a mermaid who is targeted by Billy's uncle, Dr. Deep, for scientific experience about rare sea life. The reason I'm curious about this one is because of all of these that it read, this was the only one that doesn't sound scary. Like all these others are like demonic scarecrows and giant worms and ghosts. And, but this one's like, he meets a mermaid who he has to save from his crazy uncle. Like it doesn't sound scary. And that intrigues me. What was it called? Deep trouble. Deep Trouble. Yeah. That, so that's nice cover art too. It's got a giant hammerhead shark on it. Yeah. Very jaws. The giant hammerhead. I'm talking like almost like megalodon size. Um, Maybe not that big, but it's got a really big, it's got a big shark on it and a, and a comparatively very small human that is about to get chomped. Uh, he's, he's like half submerged and he's got his head like o- over the like surface, but he's definitely about to get bit. That's an A tier book, Sean. That's A tier. Good. Oh, I'm excited to try it. Like I said, I'm, I'm just curious if it's actually scary. Like mm. I don't, I don't get the horror. I'm glad that you picked that one. I was, I was curious about that as well. So, you know, it's so funny as I scroll through the pictures of the covers, I'm recognizing more of the covers of books. I don't remember reading. And I'm wondering if I've either seen the covers or if I've actually read the books, because the covers are so iconic. Yeah. Sean, did you know that deep trouble had a sequel? There's deep trouble too. I do. Deep Deep trouble too is a low, low B. Very low B. Yeah, I don't think many of the sequels really are highly ranked. Hmm. Huh. God. Makes sense. Great. Makes sense. Sequels are it's hard. It's always it's always an uphill battle for the sequel. Yeah, no, these covers Very are great. Great covers. Phenomenal. Probably I don't I can't think of another series. Maybe Harry Potter. Harry Potter had some pretty solid artwork. Sure. I say I think these beat them out a little bit. Well, but there's an advantage because there's like a million of these books. Well, but that's what's great, Matt, is there's 62 of them mm-hmm. and 90% of them are hits cover wise. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, not all of them are great. You can't like, go wrong. I will admit that. But damn, if not, the the good ones really slap. Hmm. You can't go wrong. Oh, so let's get invisible. I remember that one. Read that one. Yeah, these are great. These are great. All right. Well, this is I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Oh, same. Yeah, this is this is. uh, This is one of our better ideas. (laughs) I I can say that. Well, I guess we'll see next week. I'm curious to. to see if I can find any, I do think I kept one or two of these from when I was a kid in a box. And so I like I'm when we, s- I'm, I just like when we read stuff. I'm into I'm into our reading. I, like I, I know like we have we we have a lot of variety on a pod on this podcast, and I think that's what's great about us. But I love our reading stuff. I love when we read and we talk about about our uh, our book. I love our book club episodes. Well, and I love when we read children's books because they're short and easy. And the yes. words aren't very hard. Uh, <laughs> get through them 
a lot easier than what remains of the day or the, the remains of the day or but, uh wind up bird chronicle because now i'm curious and this is a little off topic but we're sort of wrapping up here um what is okay so let's say we wrap this up uh and we've done it what's the next children's book series we should review I mean, I think Harry Potter is like super obvious and maybe that's why I'm nah, not like nah, jazzed nah. about it. Nah, I, I'd say, um, I say we, we mull that over, but I You're think. You're not ready to commit to any Chronicles of Narnia? I've, I've never read it. Have you? Uh, you, you know, believe it or not, I, I had the book collection and I read because it's like seven in the whole series. And I think I read like the first four. But the problem is other than the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe and maybe in maybe the Prince Caspian book, all the other ones suck. So they're like mm. so because it's all an allegory for Christianity, obviously. And it's they're so bogged down and they're so boring and detailed. And there's like nothing of interest. It's the first one is like how the universe was created and how Narnia was created. And it's like, it's a snooze. It was painful. <laughs> I, I, the only connection I have with that series is in, I remember in like, uh, being very young, like second or third grade or something. And there was like a movie. I think it was done by the BBC. The BBC made like a Chronicles of Narnia movie. They like showed it to us in school for some reason. And it was, um, it was all I remember is the is Turkish delights. Yes, of course. There's a there's the Turkish delight plays a central role in the story somehow. And then there's a lion, obviously, because he's in the title. Aslan is he? Is that the the lion? Uh, yep, that is the lion. And is, is that the Jesus lion? He's supposed to be Jesus. Yes, yes he okay. does die and come back. And it's, a <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole thing. I mean, I do think it would be okay. amusing to read, but it's there's like maybe we okay maybe we maybe we pull maybe we pull that. I don't know. Um, I don't know a lot of children's series. I, I gotta I have to admit, be, Hunger Games I is the only I, other one. Well, I have the answer. I just figured it out. This is okay. this is such a R alley no brainer. Mm-hmm. I think we should do Roll Doll. Yes, yes. Charlie and the Chocolate so Factory. Edit- James and the Giant Peach. Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Was he Fantastic Mr. Fox? Yes. Okay. He was. The BFG, yep. the Witches, um, and Matilda. Okay. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in here. That might be fun. Okay. I'm I'm on board for that. I sign me up for Roll the Roll Doll book club. Yeah. Okay. Especially because then we can uh some of them we can watch the movies too. That would be fun. Okay. Right. That's our. I'm not going to make us say anything. It just, it just thought in my mind where it's like, yeah, I think kids, you know, in the summer we usually read kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, adult books, uh, but it might be fun to do some uh, kids books once in a while. So, all right, cool, Matt. This is great. I'm very excited that we'll get the chance to read these, um, and uh, we are going to come back next week and report. We got some homework to do. We sure do. Good. Goosebumps. We sure do. Uh, I do. I got a uh, tease here because uh, I do it at the end of that show. I really should at the end of this show. Don't panic. If people don't know, it's the show I do with our good friends, Colby and Dan every week talking tech news. Uh, Matt, we did a great on last week's episode. Uh, we had a great time. I quizzed them. A survey came out 
of the most, what was it? The most liked brands by Gen Z, 18 to 25 year olds. Hmm. What brands were they most favorable on? And some of the answers may surprise you. (laughs) No, but literally in the top 20 was like M&M's. M&M's was five. M&M's is the fifth most like positive brand to that generation. Very strange. M&M's are good. There's there's nothing wrong with M&M's. Nope. But like also Walmart was like number six, which I'm like, I didn't know oh, Gen Z well, like that's, Walmart that much. It's a big, it is a big thing. Kids, they like hanging out in Walmart and making TikToks there. Is that okay? They don't TikTok actually buy things even in the top, Walmart. But TikTok wasn't even in the top 50. Well, when you, if you think but about I th- it, I don't think, I, don't think, I think that's like because TikTok. they don't, they don't think of TikTok. They like, they love TikTok. They just don't view it as a brand. That's like their, that's their TV. That would be like, what's your favorite brand? CNN. What's your favorite brand? Like, yeah, maybe. I, I, I think I think people use Cartoon TikTok Network, and right. are addicted to TikTok, but I don't think people like feel good about TikTok. You know what I mean? Kid, the Gen it's Z like, do. Because there's do. lots of. They feel good about it. I mean, they Facebook live on it. isn't that popular, but people use it every day. Uh, anyway, we're, we're getting off topic here. Don't panic.io. <laughs> subscribe wherever you get podcasts. I should have been on this episode. That more. It would have been great. I mean, you're uh, well, we we dubbed because Colby and Dan competed. Colby won. And so he is now our official Gen Z correspondent. So, OK, I would uh, not want that he'll title, be reporting so. on all things Gen Z. <laughs> no, no, poor guy. It was more of a punishment than anything else uh, for this show. Up for debate.tv is our website. Go there. Get all of the past episodes. You can also subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Uh, look for that purple icon. Of course, you can get a hold of us at up for debate TV on Twitter. Email us up for debate TV at gmail.com. But that's going to do it here. On behalf of uh, Matt Scariani, I'm Sean Jack-O-Lantern. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll see you next time for an even scarier edition of Up for Debate. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.